Hey, sickos. I'm LJ. And I'm Toe. And this is Say Psycho right now. in the intro you're yeah. still sick still a yeah. bunch of sickos <laughs> god so we just need to tell you this before we get started we had just just, just started recording this episode <laughs> and, and we had like paused it and we were like we need to re-record that that was just like so bad we need to it was just ass. scrap the whole file and she so we got to regroup on the record. And Toe is like, okay, what can we do on take two to make it not suck this time? And I'm like, well, my problem was on my end that my dog, his name is Rocco. He, he is the best dog ever. Literally except- 112% good boy. But he is not a friend of the pod. He He's hates not- the pod. It's like he has this just temperament change as soon as we go to record. And in this particular instance, he got up out of like his bed area where he was laid down right before we went to start recording. Yeah. And he just sits down in front of me, makes this like intense eye contact and starts scratching his ass really aggressively <laughs> whilst his collar just jingle, 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 jingle. And I was like trying like with hand signals to be like stop it <laughs> and then i was just like way late on my cue and i was like hey and it crumbled yeah. from there so yeah. rocco yeah good just boy crumbled. energy not not a friend of the dog. No, literally the <laughs> best boy you guys like this dog can like just go out and like do his thing and like socialize with the neighbors and come right back and like he's he's fine like you know is the chillest boy ever he literally he doesn't even bark if he wants water he just goes over to his water bowl and makes like really strange eye contact with you or like if he really wants it and he can't get your eye contact he'll like flip his bowl over or whatever but i mean literally he doesn't even bark doesn't no. even bark, but once a podcast no. goes on to record, he just like jingle, jangle, jingle, 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 jingle all day. Yeah. Oh. yeah Ro- 
Rocco hates the pod. So, getting into today's story. Today, we're going to be covering the story of the ghost of Eastern Airlines Flight 401. And we want to shout out our listener, Jack, for sending this story to us. If you guys have a story that you want us to cover, we, you know, we do take those into consideration. And if there's anything there, we will cover it. You can shoot us an email at saypsychorightnow at gmail.com or DM us on any of our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and like other stuff. I forget. <laughs> yeah, what are we on? We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok, which we, we need to TikTok more. I feel like an old lady. Yeah, we're a little bit old for TikTok, guys, so we're learning. Yeah. Yeah. We just got to get Rocco to jingle, 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 jingle some content up yeah. for us, I guess. Honestly, um, so oh my yeah. god i'll be like literally 30 by the time this episode airs i feel like oh my gosh old bean i am turning dirty um, 30 god we're gonna Soon. have to do something raunchy it's gonna be great oh yeah we're gonna do some ho shit for sure so <laughs> you say ho shit and i'm like bitch we're just gonna go to like some bar and do karaoke <laughs> honestly it's gonna be great honestly i would like thrive if we went back to that karaoke bar that i like and i actually got to sing absolutely um, that's gonna be on our agenda for sure um hopefully this is my attempt at a segue hopefully there will be no ghosts there hopefully there will be no ghosts there <laughs> but our episode today does involve some floridian ghosts kind of way well, to take that bait i don't think they're flu- well <laughs> I don't know if they're Floridian per se, but they became ghosts in Florida. So, so the indigenous nature of their ghosthood is Floridian. I'll give them that. Okay. Yeah. So today's story again is the story of Eastern Airlines flight 401. Now, as you guys know, I think we've mentioned this on the pod a few times or maybe once or twice. I don't know. Toe loves planes. <laughs> Fact. If you have any plane cases, for the love of God, send us an email with subject line plane case for toe, and she will like kiss your butt about like, it for 500 guys, years. <laughs> literally, when this case came through, I was so excited because I just, I love planes so much. She literally, she wore a plane t shirt to the gym the other day, and she was so excited about it. She just bought it. And she texted me with like sad face emojis and was like, nobody complimented my plane shirt. <laughs> I was okay. like, didn't think they would. Love you so much. <laughs> All right. It was a shirt with a Boeing 747 on it. It said Boeing 747, Queen of the Skies, which is my favorite plane. But anyways... I'm not going to sit here and talk about planes all day. Actually, you kind of are, but well, go yeah. on, but you're bad, so. So I am going to go on a little bit, just a really small plane tangent here, um, so that we can kind of get a backstory. So Eastern Airlines, you know, was before probably a lot of our listeners' time. So Eastern Airlines was a major airline in the United States from 1926 to 1991. They were headquartered in Miami, Florida, and they had a near monopoly on air travel between New York and Florida between the 30s and the 50s. And they continued to dominate that same market in the years that followed until, you know, they finally went under. Eastern Airlines Flight 401 was a regularly scheduled flight between New York's JFK and Miami International Airport. 
And this, so this flight on this particular date, sorry, rewind. The, the, the crash of flight 401 was the first fatal crash of a wide body aircraft. And also the first crash of the type of aircraft, which is a Lockheed 1011 TriStar. Now at this time, which was in 1972, this was a very new aircraft. It was, it was practically brand new. Uh, and now if you want a full, like technical description of the crash, I'm not going to go into that per se. I'm, I'm going to give, I'm going to give a description of the, of the crash, but I'm not going to give like a full technical breakdown, but I will link on the platforms where I can, I will link in our description, a video, um, that's done by a YouTuber called mentor pilot. I watch his videos a lot. And he does these awesome, like technical breakdowns. He's, he's a pilot, he's a, an airline pilot. And he does these really awesome technical breakdowns of aviation accidents and incidents. And he has a video breaking down this crash. So if you really want to get into the technical aspect of the crash and you want to hear it broken down by an airline pilot, I will link his video. So the flight took place on December 29th. 1972 with 163 passengers and 13 crew on board. Once again, like I said, this, this flight was operated by the Lockheed 1011 TriStar, which just to give you a, a rough idea, again, in the seventies, this was a pretty much a brand new plane. It was the third wide body airliner to enter commercial operation, uh, following the Boeing 747, which if you guys don't know what the 747 is, it's like that iconic very massive plane with like the hump in it and it's got four engines it, really big really cool plane it, the airliner has a seating capacity of up to 400 passengers and a range of over 4,000 nautical miles so this is like this is a pretty big jet and would this have been like innovative for the time because i know you said it was a new plane but i don't know much yeah about, like... yeah so it would have been fairly innovative from my understanding at the time okay had 163 passengers and 13 crew on board. Uh, the pilots were Captain Robert Albin Loft and First Officer John Stockstill. There was also a flight engineer on board named Louis Repo. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Um, the flight departed JFK around 9.20 p.m. and all was well until about 11.32 p.m. when the crew began the approach into Miami. So... The first officer noted that the landing gear indicator was not illuminated. And it was later discovered that this had simply been due to a burned out bulb. So what the landing gear indicator light is, is it, it just indicates that the landing gear is down, right? Which for those of you that like really don't know what I'm talking about, that's the wheels on the bottom of the plane that need to be down so that you can land. Thank you, because I am the person who has no idea what you're talking about. You're you like the person wheels. who didn't know. Yeah, the wheels. Wheels the on bottom. The wheels. Got it. Like, I just assume that everybody knows what that is, and then I'm like, wait a no. minute. Maybe maybe they don't know what that is. I'm like, okay, yeah. give me the dumb words. Thank you. So the landing gear is the wheels, and there's, <laughs> there, there's supposed to be an indicator light that says, hey, the wheels are down, because, like, you know, if the wheels malfunction and don't come down, right, that's that's bad, especially in a massive jet, right? So the first officer was the pilot flying on this particular flight, and the captain was working the radios and monitoring. Uh, 
that's pretty standard practice at most airlines. They pilots will switch off. One pilot is flying. One pilot is monitoring and running the radios. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go into too much detail on that. I pl- I promised myself that I would try not to be a total plane nerd on this episode. <laughs> Challenge uh, accepted. I am failing. <laughs> I'm failing a little bit. Oh, so no, you're doing great. Okay, thanks for that. Love your plane passion. Fly high. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Don't tell me to fly high. I'm not ready to fly high. Oh my god, you know what I mean? Like in a plane, not like Oh, okay, yeah. To hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, moving forward. Yeah. So the captain advised air traffic control that they would be discontinuing their approach. And they requested to enter a holding pattern. Obviously, the reason is they need to verify that the landing gear is down before they can actually land the plane. And a holding pattern is kind of when they just, like, make circles in the sky because they're not ready to land for whatever reason. So glad you said that. (laughs) You're welcome. The controller cleared the aircraft to climb to 2,000 feet and hold west just over the Everglades. And at this time, the crew began to tinker with the light assembly, and they sent another crew member, I believe that was the flight engineer, to go and verify whether or not the gear was down through a small, there was like a small porthole where supposedly he would be able to see whether or not the landing gear was down. About 50 seconds after reaching the assigned altitude of 2,000 feet, the captain instructed the first officer to put the aircraft on autopilot. For around 80 seconds, the plane maintained straight and level flight and then dropped to a and then it dropped 100 feet and flew level again for two, another two minutes. After this, the plane began a descent that was so gradual that it couldn't be perceived by the flight crew. Something, something happened with the autopilot. It's kind of unclear. I think Mentor Pilot goes a little more into detail about that in his video. But something happened to where I believe the autopilot was disengaged and they didn't realize that the autopilot was disengaged and the plane began to descend, but it was gradual and they, they didn't notice it until it was too late. So the descent did trigger an altitude warning, but the chime was located under the flight engineer's workstation, which remember the flight engineer is down trying to figure out if the landing gear is down. Right. So he's not in the cockpit at this point in time, the cockpit voice recorder, which for those that don't know, all all commercial aircraft have a cockpit voice recorder and that serves a lot of different purposes. But you know, when an accident like this happens, when the, if the cockpit voice recorder can be recovered, which in a lot of cases it can be, it gives investigators an idea of, you know, what was going on at the time of the crash and you know, what the pilots were doing and what they were saying to each other. And, there was no indication on the cockpit voice recorder that the pilots heard the warning chime. Uh, About 50 seconds later, the plane was at 1,000 feet. So, mind you, this is all happening within a matter of minutes. This plane's supposed to be at 2,000 feet still, and it's at 1,000 feet. Right. So, obviously, spooky danger, right? Stockskill, which is the first officer who was flying, started another turn he noticed the discrepancy in the altitude and the following conversation was recovered from the flight voice recorder or I'm sorry, the cockpit voice recorder later. Stockstill said, you know, we did something to the altitude and the captain's like, what? And he's like, 
the first officer's like, we're still at 2,000 feet, right? And the captain goes, hey, what's happening here? And then 10 seconds later, the plane crashed. Oh my gosh. So that was extremely fast. It was extremely fast. Yeah. So the location was west-northwest of Miami, about 18.7 miles away mm-hmm. from the end of runway nine left, which I, is where they were meant to be landing. Sure. 18.7 miles, you know, it's, it's not, it, it, in plane distance, that's like a really, really short distance. Right. I mean, I, I don't know how fast a plane travels per minute, but I mean, I don't know. It just seems like everything happens so fast here. Yeah. So at the time of the crash, the aircraft was traveling at 197 knots when it hit the okay. ground, which is about 227 miles per hour. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they they could have been there, like, super duper fast. Yeah. In my mathematical assessment. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were really close to the airport. Right. All in all, 75 people survived the crash. Um, and you said that was out of how many? So there was a total of 163 passengers and okay. 13 crew on board. Okay. So a total okay. of 100 and, was it, 176. Again, so more than half of them died. More than half of them died. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that 75 people even survived is miraculous. I mean, that's, yeah, pretty impressive considering pretty impressive. Yeah. that nobody even knew they were crashing until like seconds 10 seconds before you know yeah no it's it's insane so all in all 75 i said that already yeah 75 <laughs> people survived this crash 67 of them were passengers and eight flight attendants okay the first officer was killed on impact and the captain is said to have died in the wreckage while awaiting rescue oh that's so sad Following the crash, stories began circulating that Eastern Airlines employees had seen the dead crew members sitting aboard other Lockheed 1011s, specifically the captain and the flight engineer. Oh my god, that gave me chills. Yeah. So, the speculation was that parts had been salvaged from the crashed, crash and mm. refitted to other aircraft of the same type within the Eastern fleet. Oh my gosh, I was wondering, like, why other Eastern, like, how would they know? Are they just, like, roaming the afterlife for other Easterns? But no, like, we talked attachment hauntings and, like, residual attachments. Residual (laughs) attachment hauntings. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is, and I'll read off some examples, but Mm -hmm. they all, every time they showed up, they seemed to be wanting to warn somebody Mm -hmm. of something. So and were they right about their warnings? Yes. I'm sure you'll tell us. Yeah, they're need right. To know. Okay, they're right. So I don't know if it was maybe like a guilt that they couldn't let go of, you know, mm-hmm. for you know, pilots take safety very, very seriously. Sure. So you know, the, their spirit might have been feeling really guilty for all those people that that died and. You know, this was a this was an avoidable accident. Right. And there's also the fact that like when you pass suddenly like that, um, you know, I've I've read time and time again that on those sudden deaths, especially 
young people where like you just do not see this coming at all i mean they didn't have time to even process what was going on much less accept death like you're going to have spirits more likely to linger after an incident like that right yeah so the gossip spread throughout the company to such an extent that management warned employees terminated it if they were caught talking about the ghost of flight 401 it's crazy eastern airlines of course publicly denied that their airplanes were haunted well yeah bad publicity (laughs) 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 exactly however it's been reported that they did remove all of the salvage parts from their lockheed 1011 fleet because they knew they were haunted and they were trying to get rid of the haunted pieces but okay they were trying to get rid of the haunted planes yeah so it's also said that so flight log pages detailing the sightings were torn out. Really? Yeah. So Do we know was, by who? Just like corporate, we, I guess. Or? Yeah, we don't know. It wasn't. It was a very hush hush thing. Sure. But yeah. So here's some of the ghost sightings that happened. I'm just gonna read. I have a list here. Um, the vice president of Eastern Airlines is said to have boarded a flight and began talking to a pilot he presumed to be operating the flight. He later realized that he had been speaking to the deceased Captain Loft. Oh my gosh. Do we know how he realized this? No. We don't. Oh. But okay. I'm sure yeah. that like another like he must have yeah, met the other pilots. I, I think, yeah, so. I think he must have either met the other pilots or I, I'm yeah. not sure what happened here. Done a um, goog and was like, oh, the guy I was talking to was in fact like dead years ago or something. I feel like he didn't do a goog in the 70s, but. Oh, yeah, you can't do a goog in the 70s. God, couldn't have googed about it. But maybe he pulled up a good old fashioned newspaper. Okay, the yeah, library just... as they did like, back just, in the day he's like wait let me hop off this plane and run to the library really quick oh, wait he realized it while he was there okay my theories are crumbling i'm just trying to help you out fam honestly i'm surprised um, from the person that didn't know what landing gear was listen should have said wheels <laughs> When have you ever even been on a plane, you psycho? Coming from the person who, like, critiques the landings of pilots as they come down. But okay. I'll be like, I'll get off the plane and she'll be like, how was your flight? I was so glad you asked. (laughs) It's literally like opening a can of worms for a 30-minute review. (laughs) So the captain was asked by a flight attendant to check on a passenger in first class. Sorry, this is not the dead captain. This is, like, a captain that's, like, operating a flight after this. The captain was asked by a flight attendant to check on passenger in first class who was wearing a pilot's uniform, stating that he seemed dazed and confused. And the passenger was none other than Captain Loft. So that's the one that passed away, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, And the pilot saw him, too? Yeah. So that's the other interesting. That's the other interesting note. I'm glad you brought that up because the other interesting note about a lot of these sightings is that they were confirmed by more than one person. Oh my god, this gives me the heebie-jeebies. And honestly, I feel like, at least in my experience of like researching this kind of stuff, that's really rare. 
Yeah, it is. That's why I was like, wait, so they saw it too? Because you you don't hear that much. Yeah. So a flight attendant on a flight from New York to Miami, same flight as 401, right? Right. Is said to have opened an overhead compartment and seen the captain's face peering out at her. Oh, I hate that so much more than I can express that I hate that. No, I literally, like, when I read that one, I, like, I almost died. God, I literally am just getting, like, new chills every four seconds. Like, my chills have chills. It's disgusting. Yeah. Ah! Another flight attendant is said to have seen the face of the flight engineer in the oven. She. Oh, my God. Now I feel like I'm going to see... Wait, in the oven? In the oven. She called... Two of her, so if you guys don't know, there's like little ovens on planes. That's how they heat up the food. Yeah. No, I feel like I'm going to see a pilot in my oven is literally what I was about to say before you said oven. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hope you find that pilot in your oven. (laughs) I don't want to find him. I just feel like they're going to be like ghosts, like chilling all over my house because of this episode. But go on. She called. So, so this is an perfect example of like the validation right another flight attendant so okay yeah she she saw the face of the flight engineer in the oven right she called two of her co-workers over to validate what she had seen and they did the flight engineer told her watch out for fire on this plane on the return flight an engine failed and had to be shut down before mm. it caught fire Oh my god. Now, for those that don't know, an engine fail a single engine failure on a jet that has like three engines n- not a particularly lethal situation, but still. Still not like a desirable situation. Yeah, no. I mean, like it, when jets have multiple engines, usually they're I don't know about in the 70s, but today you know, like a jet can fly on one engine just fine. Right. Even if you lose one engine on takeoff, it can still go up, come back around and land. Okay. So really like, they're like required to be able to do that. That's like part of the testing that they go through. Okay. Um, Again, I don't know what the standards in the seventies would have been, but right. You know, that's pretty much what today's standards are. Uh, let's see. Where were we in the oven? Okay. Another flight (laughs) in the oven. (laughs) Oh, wait, we're coming back to the oven, though. Another flight attendant saw a flight engineer fixing the oven. When she later asked the flight engineer about it, he said that he hadn't touched the oven and that it didn't need fixing. I don't want that. Yeah. She later discovered looking at photos, through looking at photos, that the flight engineer she had seen was Don Repo, which was the flight. I bet she did that at the library. Probably did. I'm sure that's exactly what she did. She just <laughs> got off the fucking plane and moseyed on down to the library. <laughs> she got she got off the plane, got to her layover hotel, and she went down to the concierge and say, I need a library. Please. Where's the library? That. Give me yeah. library. Whole thing right here. A crew was said had said to have been sitting in the cockpit. When Don appeared and warned them of a faulty electrical circuit, which was then found and replaced. Oh my gosh. Which was, Don was the flight engineer. They're like really out there doing the Lord's work. No, they really are. And that's the the thing. 
So the captain was said to have been seen doing the pre-flight walk around. While in the cockpit one day preparing for a flight, a pilot heard a loud knock from the floor beneath them. Mm-hmm. Um, he opened the trap door to find Don looking up at him. The image quickly vanished. The pilot went to investigate further and is said to have found a problem that could have led to a major accident. Wow. Yeah. Spooky shit. So they're nice ghosts. You know, they're like, they're out here doing the Lord's work. They're helping. I still wouldn't want them in my plane personally, however. I mean, I feel like if there was something severely wrong with my plane, I would say, come on board, little ghosty woasty. Oh, that's true. Yeah, if they're going to be like, hey, you might want to check this thing out so you don't spontaneously combust, then like, maybe, maybe do come on my plane. Maybe do. Okay, so planes don't really spontaneously combust, you uneducated whore. Oh my god! <laughs> I knew as soon as I said that that she would be like, "I'm gonna give you a technological like analysis of why that's not physically I mean, possible." Dumbass. I, I'm not gonna say it's impossible, but I'm just saying statistically unlikely. The aviation industry goes to a lot of trouble to make sure that planes don't spontaneously combust. Oh my god! I just Thank you like. For- Sucking the dick of aviation. <laughs> as listen, <laughs> as a plane enthusiast, I as an aviation enthusiast, I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea from this episode and think that planes are spooky and dangerous because aviation, commercial aviation, is statistically like this. I'm not pulling this out of my ass. Like this is real life statistics. It is the safest way to travel. There is yeah. so much. There is so much redundancy and safety in the aviation industry. This was the 70s. We've come a long way. Flying is so safe. Try it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. 10 out of 10 No, would but recommend. especially, like, in Florida, because the traffic here is, like, everybody yeah. just is, like, trying to kill somebody, basically. Yeah, honestly. Uh, and if it weren't for planes, you know, LJ and I would never be able to like cuddle in our big gay bed and we'd be yeah, sad. that's true like half our friendship is based on planes yeah god bless just, the planes god bless the planes we love them so <laughs> i just i have to throw that disclaimer in there because i would be really sad if somebody said toe made me afraid of planes like honestly it's like the opposite okay. of my goal in life tell me more <laughs> okay i think we only have one more here so a flight engineer on a flight from Atlanta to Miami was said to have found a uniform crew member in the cockpit who told him, you don't need to worry about the pre-flight, and then quickly vanished. What? Yeah. Which I'm means... still worrying about it, ghost man. <laughs> yeah, that one's a little weird. I don't feel like yeah. I would, I feel like I would not trust a ghost to do the pre-flight. Yeah, no. I'd be like, you did it last time and look where we are. <laughs> Not happening. Yeah. So, again, it's interesting because there were multiple witnesses for each encounter. Not every encounter, but a lot of them, several of them had multiple witnesses. They seemed to show up to warn the crews of possible danger, presumably out of guilt for their own deadly mistake. And right. The sightings allegedly stopped completely after the salvage parts were removed. That is crazy. I wonder what they did with the salvage parts. So, glad you asked. Parts of the flight debris can be found at Ed and Lorraine Warren's Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut. Oh, okay. It sounds like we need to go to Connecticut. What the hell okay. are we doing here? Yeah. 
there is memorial as well for the flight in Miami Springs. So, oh, why why aren't we there? Next time you go, we should come. Wait, yeah. come, we should go. <laughs> I'm so excited. That. I can't even speak English. <laughs> yeah, no, we could we could definitely make a trip down there. I mean, yeah, Miami. Yeah. It's not that far. Um, no, like three hours. Again, so if you want to know more about this, it's it's really interesting. There's a lot out there. I kind of had to cherry pick because we would be here all day. But there was a movie released about this in 1978. And John G. Fuller wrote a book as well. So you can check out those resources. And I will try to link as much of it as I can. And again, I will link Mentor Pilot's video. Shout out Mentor Pilot. His videos are great. If you too really like planes, I would check him out and again, just check out his video if you want a really good technical description about this crash because he does a great job. But that's all I have on the crash of Eastern Airlines Flight 401. LJ, do you have any more stupid plane questions? Um, You know, I think I've met my quote for today, actually. <laughs> Thanks for asking, though. Thrilled to be that for you. Thrilled. God. Well, thanks for sharing that case with us. That was really interesting. Oh, folks, if you want to send us an episode or you just want to reach out and tell us that we suck and we're awkward as fuck, you can <laughs> check. We are. <laughs> you can email us at saypsychorightnow at gmail.com and LJ will promptly sort your email into a color-coded folder oh, i will categorize the heck out of it and love every second and do it. one of us will try to get back to you no promises um uh, I'll, I'll get back with you we're not popular yeah. yet so yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least as of right now as of I'll the time of with you as of the time of this recording nobody's yeah so. absolutely i'll email you back i have no life She'll, yeah <laughs> This girl lives in her fucking email. Like it's ridiculous. I love to send a strongly worded email. If I can't, if I can't, kiss. if I really have a crisis and I can't get a text back, I'll literally just email her and she'll, be, she'll get back to me in thirty-two seconds. Yep, absolutely. I'm an email gal, email yeah. queen. I have literally emailed her at the office and been like, "So what do I do about this raging yeast infection?" <laughs> Oh, okay. five yeah. minutes or less guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed my email response not the healing of your yeast infection <laughs> oh man okay. okay so the rest of our socials <laughs> yeah let's end this shit show for the love of god <laughs> this has been painful what is going on tonight okay, okay. So we're our... on instagram at say psycho yeah. right now we are on TikTok. facebook are we on tiktok we're like we're on, on TikTok, TikTok, but we're not like on TikTok. We suck we, at TikTok. Like, we, we have a platform there with like 2,000 followers from some old stuff that I've posted. Yeah. Um, but we need to post more content on there. We do Feel free to, to follow because it's on our list of things to like build up do. and do. <laughs> um, but yeah, we do have a TikTok. Also, say psycho right now. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Linktree, actually. Um, oh, we do you have a link tree. Yeah. Yes, that's what led to our name change crisis. So if you go to our actual, um, like, Facebook is where we are, like, the most active. I know that that's mm -hmm. not really where the kids hang out these days. It's because we're old. 
Yeah, we're we're old. Um, we're I actually we're have a picture of habit. I actually have wrinkles under my eye now, so. Oh my god, she was texting me about this while I was like on narcotic painkillers from surgery, and I'm like, I literally can't even like see a wrinkle. I'm about to fall asleep. Put some cream on your under eyes, you whore. <laughs> like you're fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. No, I have little wrinkles. So, with that being said, yes. Oh my god, you know what? We <laughs> forgot. <laughs> what did Facebook. we forget? We forgot to mention the platform where we actually get paid, and that is Patreon. Oh my god, Patreon. Arguably the most important one. So I just revamped our Patreon when we rebranded to our new name. Mm. And I want to clarify our Patreon benefits. So I'm actually going to pull up our Patreon here right now so that I can... Oh, review those with you. If you hear review a couple clickety clacks, it's either the sound of Rocco jingle jangling his back again, or possibly me typing on my computer so that I can log into our Patreon and give you guys the rundown. But one of the things that I know for a fact is guaranteed on all of our Patreon tiers is live episodes, which by the time you've heard this, we'll have done our first one, I'm sure, because this is going to be airing in a bit. But with these live stream episodes, you guys will have the opportunity, depending on what we have going on, you'll either hear it first a couple months in advance of when uh, the rest of our listeners will hear the same episode. Or you'll be the only ones to hear it. It just will depend on how we're doing it. Um, It's going to be on a situational basis, more or less, essentially. But every Patreon tier does have that capacity, I guess, to be able to access those live episodes. Yeah, and I think every tier has early access. Is that right? Yes, that is correct as well. Every tier does have the early access. So basically the way that we're doing it right now um, is that we release on Mondays at midnight for general population. I is just think you guys sound like Sunday? prisoners. I feel like <laughs> I mean, it's Sunday at midnight. Well, I mean, isn't okay, it's Monday? The, it's the midnight that happens in between Sunday and Monday. Okay, yeah. So like think like 12.01 a.m. of Monday. That's what I mean. If, if that clears it up. So yeah. yeah, between the Sunday and the Monday. So our Patreons at every single tier, you'll get the episode early. Depending on how our editing goes, mm-hmm. our goal is to get those to you on the Friday nights. That way you guys get them a couple days in advance. You have the time to like really enjoy it and listen to it. When I say Friday nights, I also don't mean like midnight like you'll get it at like a, a reasonable time on we try friday evening as a general rule i mean we both have regular jobs like this definitely does not pay our bills we're like hobbyists right now who are just trying to like maybe recover some of the funds that we've invested in this mm-hmm. because it, it's yeah. a lot, <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but i've got the patreon pulled out so i'm actually just going to run over the full benefits list with you guys really quick The only thing that we have not been able to change yet is our handle for our Patreon, like the actual URL. It's still patreon.com slash don't tell my therapist slash membership. But you can also find us on 
our Facebook. If you click our link tree, you can just select the Patreon option. It'll take you right there. That link tree is also on our Instagram and on our TikTok as well. So if you prefer those social media platforms, also on Podbean where we host our website. So our membership tiers, we've got our $3 tier, which this is the way that I'm going to explain our $3 tier. Think of it like if we lived closer and we were best friends and we were doing this for free, like maybe once a month, you'd like bring us a coffee and then we'd be like, oh my God, thank you so much for caring that we put all this effort in as a courtesy because you showed that you care. We're going to give you this episode early and like come to our live episodes, as a matter of fact, $3, less than a cup of coffee. We're your BFFs. Like you guys don't have to by any means, like do these patreons but three dollars a month is a small amount for a person but if several people did that it would add up and help us like get new microphones upgrade equipment like pay for ads and stuff that we do so just something to consider and in exchange the three dollar a month tier you guys are called the sickos you get early access to live episodes i'm sorry early access to episodes and live event VIP access that you'll get via Patreon with a special link. For a limited time, if you screenshot an order that you've made, either through Bonfire or through our store, which will be launching pretty soon, if you screenshot us confirmation of an order, we will also send you the link to our next VIP for a limited time to be determined. You can do that to our email, and I'll be the one that sends you the link. Now, our second tier is called Paranormals, and that one is $10 a month, and it includes the same as the Sickos tier, but in addition, if you subscribe for three consecutive months, you will get an exclusive sticker. It's our logo that you see on all of our branding, and it's the largest sticker that they had available. I mean, we're not talking like a sticker you put on a blimp, but like a nice size sticker for like your laptop or whatever. I mean, she's laughing like, you don't put stickers on blimps, you no knowing of aeronautics. Fuck. But you know what I mean? It's a decent sticker. Honestly, I don't know anything about blimps. Thank God. I'm just like, shut your warm mouth. You only know about planes. Literally. No. Perfect helicopters, birds, not my thing. I'm a plane person. Perfect. I won't talk about planes anymore then so we can get through these stupid tiers. We've got the third tier, which is called Pod Beanie Babies. As many of you know, our primary hosting site is Podbean. So our top tier folks, it's $15 a month, and you guys are the Pod Beanie Babies. You guys get all the same benefits that we talked about before. So we've got the live event VIP, the early access to episodes, the exclusive sticker after three consecutive months of um, of being a patron or Patreon. And in addition, you guys also will get bonus episodes. You will get to vote on these bonus episodes. Your episodes will always be sent to you ad-free. If we have events that take place that are ticketed events, you guys will have early access on request one time uh, after your membership starts. If you would like a private phone call with me and Toe, we will call you and chit-chat for a few minutes and just 
you know, this is a show of gratitude for your support. We would love to just connect personally with yeah. our most valued listeners. We would and love to also, do that. Did I sign up for that? Like, what the fuck? Um, I, I signed her up for that. We're not <laughs> okay. popular enough for you to say no. So <laughs> we're doing that for right now. Yeah. And then final benefit, which I need to disclaim that this does not apply to bonfire orders. Bonfire is where we have our fundraising shirts. But when our actual store goes live for Pod Beanie Babies, specifically, you guys will get 10% off all merchandise on our shop. You will have a specific coupon for your tier. And you'll be able to use that at checkout an unlimited amount of times. This will be something that you can stack with other promotions as well if we have other promotions going on, just as an incentive for you and a show of gratitude for your support. So if you can become a Patreon, please, please consider it. It would help us out a lot. If not, the next best thing that you can do is engage with us on social media. Like and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Mm all of the things we've rattled off and engage if you can like comment all of that stuff because ultimately if we can show that we have positive trajectory that we're building a brand building a following bigger brands who are not the small people can sponsor our episodes and we can continue bringing you guys more content that way so Definitely engaging with our social media is the next best thing that you can do. But if you can become a Patreon or buy one of our bonfire shirts or anything like that, just know that it seriously, it means the world to us right now. Yeah, absolutely. All the things that LJ said. Fact. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Next week, I am leading the case on this one and we're going to be talking about a really controversial case that's really big in the media right now this has not gone to trial we don't know when it will go to trial but it is on the clancy children murders so please consider tuning that we're going to talk about what all happened and just give you guys a full rundown of what we know about this developing case spooky super spooky super sad look forward to it yeah, that was a bad way to <laughs> lead in that super spooky, super sad. We will look forward to it. We will, but yeah. we won't. These cases are hard, at least cases like the one next no, week. They are. Like, I mean, it, it's stuff that's, I guess, like in the media right now, I feel like is harder to do because it just feels like a little bit more real. Or yeah. Or if it's like been in the media in recent years. Like when I did the Kelsey Barrett case, that was that was a rough one. Yeah, because it's just like everything is so close, and you know that family is still grieving, and everything is so raw. You just want to do it justice, and yeah. I feel like this is a really important case. It's a really hot topic case right now. I think it's important that we cover it, but it's definitely a high pressure case as well because you want to do justice to the victims. You want to get the information all accurate. Um, and yeah. so I'll, I'll look forward to covering this one for you guys. It's going to be a difficult one, but definitely a worthwhile listen. So we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week. Absolutely. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. That's my sign off. <laughs> Not tonight, bitch. <laughs>
Mama Fuckeroni.